Hi, I'm a punk new wave indie band, Charlie. Hi, I'm an 18th century clown, Amy. <laughs> and welcome to a mini episode of Required Reading. This yeah. episode is all about elitism and literature and book shaming. And before we get mm-hmm. started, I just wanted to thank University Bookshop for sponsoring this episode. Uh, you can find them at www.unibooks.co.nz or in-store at 360 Great King Street. So, why do we want to talk about elitism and literature today, Amy? Well, I think... Pregnant silence. (laughs) (laughs) I think that book shaming simply must end. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people feel really bad for not reading the right books or good enough books. And there's also a problem within literature about uh, diversity and huge problem elitism within publishing itself yeah yeah and also like this is a problem that i've have Mm. fallen into and continue to fall into is this idea that before i can fully appreciate modern novels Mm -hmm. i have to have read all of the great important ones in order to see where it's come from and i don't know i don't even fucking getting through the catalog of things you should have read yeah exactly and i just feel like Stupid. Oh, and, definitely. And there's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't be doing that. But then, like, that's sort of more on the book shaming side. But yeah. then, like, when it comes to elitism and literature as a whole, like, as a business, mm-hmm. it really just comes down to free market capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right. It really does. And, um, and I feel like because it's books, people have this idea that, like, it's not subject to the whims of the financial world. And like, yeah. When, when you think of movies, exactly. you think of like, oh, Hollywood, big business, blah, blah, blah. Millions of dollars have been spent on this film. How yeah, many yeah. did it get in? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much money did it get in when it opened? You know, exactly. like that kind of thing. And there's all the, all the, like, people understand the business of mm-hmm. film. But people don't really think about the, the business of publishing. The business of publishing and the business of novels and, like, whose stories are being shared and you know, even more than that, it's just like we have all these classics, the ones that you and I, especially I feel as as a literature student, are essential for me to read. Yeah. But they're an incredibly narrow view of what classical fiction is, you know? Yeah. Because the people that are publishing those things back, say, let's use Jane Austen as an example. Back then, probably most of the publishers are men. Yep. And they're just and they're they're white and yep. they're rich. And so what are they gonna decide to publish? They're gonna just they're gonna publish the things that they like and the things that make them look good. And reflect them and their values mm-hmm. and characters and authors that look like them. And all of this other literature that has been written just has fallen away because people have not deemed it important enough. Yeah. Know? Yeah. As as is chronicled by the you know, by stories such as Maurice, like we talked mm-hmm. about in just like a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, episode Like those one. sorts of st- stories weren't able to be told no. back then. And, you know, we were just, people w- w- could only see one aspect of and those, Victorian society or 
1920s aside or whatever it is. And those books are incredibly important, not just so that we become a more tolerant kind of society, but also so that marginalized groups feel that they have representation. You know, that is so important. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the biggest times that I've found myself mm-hmm. fall into this trap mm-hmm. is I remember reading, I think... It, I tried to read Les Miserables when I was like <laughs> Just 15. Just a touch of Victor Hugo. Yeah. Yep. Um, I went through when I was 13, I decided I had to read all of Charles Dickens. Ooh, ooh. I fucking hate Charles Dickens. Um, he was paid by the word. Yeah. Which, and, and he do does you know what not that means? shut up. Long winded yep. descriptions, two pages of a description of Paris. Like, shut up, and Charles also, Dickens. And also, they weren't even published as a book, they were no. published as a periodical. So, yeah. so people were reading them for the entire year. He just drew it out as much as he could. The stories are fine, I guess. And like, I did, I read all of. Um, Bleak House when I was 13. (laughs) But I've retained absolutely nothing from it because I couldn't read something that dense. And so I genuinely believe I just studied, thoroughly studied every word on the page and then flipped over and kept doing that for kind of 400 pages. And then I was like, wow, I've done it. I've I've conquered this beast. And I can like safely say that that book has had literally no impact on who who I am as a person, any of my values, any of my personality, not like some of... Like the YA books I read when I was yeah, 13, you know? Exactly. Because you can connect with them more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh. We hate Dickens. We fucking hate Dickens. And I also feel like there's this common misconception that if a book is easy or fun to read, then it's, it's cheap, it's yeah. bad. It's, it's not worthwhile not reading. Worthwhile. It's, you know, like if something is gripping, it's like, oh, well, this can't be like good literature well, I think it's just a good story you know like yeah. people kind I of also think there's this kind of two. like i do believe it has come down to kind of capitalist culture so where true. it's that like we have to be getting something from everything that we do we yeah. have to be getting some kind of benefit from everything that we do and everything that we consume yeah when really you can just enjoy a book you don't you don't actually have to get something life-changing or or groundbreaking from every book that you read you can just enjoy it the same as how you know we watch i watch love island okay okay i don't think i'm learning very much but i'm really enjoying it well you are you're learning a lot about british culture you're learning (laughs) (laughs) you're learning the mating rituals of humans (laughs) (laughs) but But, that is a common thing that i i do get a lot as people going students Mm. saying oh I don't read because the only things that I read I think need to contribute to my degree or Mm -hmm. like I do enough reading in my degree that by the time I get home that I I just can't read anymore books or you know whatever yeah and I just think there's actually a lot of different ways that you can read Mm -hmm. and one of the best ways that you can read is for enjoyment yep you know and if you if you want to make it a lifelong hobby a lifelong skill then you just got to keep doing it and it doesn't matter what kind of books you read, you know? It's not the game you play out on the pitch, okay? It's about how much fun you're having out there, okay? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That's that's definitely the motto that I went by when I was playing sport in um, primary school. Oh, me too. Uh, Not competitive, didn't care. I didn't have that much fun either. No. I found sports very stressful. (laughs) I did not like it. I I don't like team sports. And look at us now. Having a reading podcast. (laughs) So sporty. (laughs) 
Okay, l- let's jump into the substantive part yeah. of the episode. So we sort of wanted to start this conversation off mm. with elitism causing this publishing bias. So something that has to be addressed is the fact that there is elitism with el- publishing. Okay, it, it didn't yeah. just exist back in Jane Austen's day. It continues mm-hmm. to exist today and it continues to shape what kind of books people are reading. Yeah. And there's always been this team of people deciding what is and isn't worth publishing. And with scholarship as well. With yeah. scholarship, with awards, with... I mean, it's it's just the same mm-hmm. group of people that are being reproduced. Yeah. And often this has left marginalised groups and stories and literature to just be lost because to yep. the white perspective they are unimportant mm-hmm. or they don't reflect certain values yeah. they aren't or like the well, authors it's not speaking to the white experience and ex- so why give it a voice exactly essentially that sounds like we were agreeing with <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're we not we're not wholeheartedly Absolutely do not endorse not. it no we hate the white perspective shut up white people <laughs> um but that's even something that we have noticed a little bit mm. with the books that we've we're reading in our podcast yeah is the fact that when we talk about these really massively famous books yeah we were sort of we were reflecting on season one and Mm -hmm. the sorts of books that um could be read for the podcast in the future and we sort of Mm -hmm. realized that actually a lot of the books that we're talking about are coming from a very similar perspective yeah so going forward we're really trying to push that and try and uh embrace lots of different Mm -hmm. people's perspectives into what we're reading into what we're yeah, definitely. And trying to diver- diversify what yeah. we're consuming and promoting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. basically, the bottom line. Yeah. Elitism and publishing. Yes, it existed in the 1800s. Yes, it mm-hmm. existed in the 1900s. And you know what? It is existing today. Yeah, definitely. And I also, so I kind of want to talk about elitism within like this idea of literature. Like yeah. as a literature student, I see it quite a bit. And my my teachers are really good at being like, uh, we actually don't agree with what has been the case, especially when I took Scottish crime fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam McIlvaney, who was the professor, was very big on the th- like thing that literature and what is deemed worthy of scholarship is really, really narrow and really, really yeah. elite. Yeah. And so I was reading this essay by Eleanor Catton, who um, is a New Zealand author. She wrote The Luminaries. Um, Did you like The Luminaries? I haven't read it, but I watched the show. There's a show? Yeah. It's got um it's got Bono's daughter in it. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was, really, it was really good. It was filmed in New Zealand. And um oh, cool. and what's her what's her face? Um the, Oh yes. The one with the eyes? The one <laughs> 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 But she don't but um she was in um Miss Peregrine's peculiar Eva Green. Eva Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the one with the eyes. I, I, yeah. I loved that book. I didn't read that one either. <laughs> but Alan, so that book won, won the Man Booker, which is gotcha. another writing prize. And so I've I've kind of skimmed the essay and, and found some things I thought were really important to share. Yeah. And so she says, elitism is a st- standard of discernment that seeks to exclude everything or everyone perceived to fall short of that standard. And so I think the key thing about that is perceived. Yeah somebody is perceiving yeah. who is falling short you know and yeah. it and it really is something that's quite subjective and so she kind of goes on to say that that criticism um what is censored uh educational programs that are offered advocacy literary prize prizes and bookstores 
all of these things are elitist yeah. by nature. Yeah. And so we kind of have to be aware of that. I think it's really interesting that she is writing about elitism in these sorts of different forms. Mm-hmm. While she is also somebody, somebody that has benefited, from, benefited from that exact yeah. system, you know, like she won the, the biggest literature the bigger, yep. prize in the world, yep. you know, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool that she's able, it is very bold. Yeah. And she's so calling these people she's out. absolutely calling these people out. And, um, she goes on to kind of say that, um, she says, but literature simply cannot be elitist. That is. A book cannot be selective of its readership, nor can it insist upon the conditions under which it it is read or received. The degree to which a book is successful depends only on the degree to which it is loved. Which is kind of coming back to this idea that we're talking about, that like the quality of literature is solely in how much you've enjoyed reading it and how much you've gotten in it. And um any other labels that people are giving it is kind of arbitrary. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it, it is someone's opinion and all that matters is that the book exists, somebody put time into it and that you're, you've enjoyed reading it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's cool that she sees, it's kind of ironic that she's incredibly successful. <laughs> and her idea of success is that um, it's only the degree to which it's love. That's it's it's good. It, but but you know. I, it's especially cool because she's obviously seen the inner workings yeah, of definitely. the system, you know? She's gone like, hold on just mm-hmm. one uh, uh. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the the essay kind of finishes with the idea that um the machine of consumerism is designed to encourage us all to think that um the preferences that we have in books are really telling of our like who we are as people. Yeah. Which it just kind of doesn't. No. You know. Do you know what I've always found really fascinating? Mm-hmm. This. So, I've recently been getting into BookTube. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. And We're obsessed. I, I am obsessed. But I've... One thing that I have found very interesting is mm. people sort of... There's a divide yeah. in the BookTube community. Yeah. Between sort of genre readers and what is called literary fiction. Liter- yeah. Literary fiction readers. Yeah. And I find that divide so fascinating, and it's so weird that one of the genres mm. can be can literally have the word literature yep. related to it yep. inside the name of the genre, and everything else is automatically well, excluded. See, the thing that I can't get past is the kind of the genre of literary fiction is entirely made up by publishers, yeah, essentially. So, like, literature encompasses. As, as like a definition, I looked it up. It says it's it encompasses all kind of written works, um, and and then it below that it says especially those considered of superior or lasting merit. Yeah. And so, one who decides the superiority? Um, it's so kind of subjective. It's, it's the same group of people that. But then Eleanor Cannon was talking about. You know. You, also, you can't really. You can't really. You can't list like certain factors that needs to exist in a literary fiction book. No, like exactly. you can, like you can for a a horror book. You can be like, oh, but it's got to be like scary or spooky or mysterious. You know, the second the second part of that that um descript not description uh definition is that it's lasting merit. How the fuck are we figuring out that it's lasting merit if it's published two weeks ago? Exactly. And you're saying it's literary nonfiction, um, and you know. Actually, some English people might disagree with me, and there might be, but I, I'm almost finished my English degree, and I think there's kind of, 
I think it does seem pretty arbitrary. You don't know what something's going to be a classic until 40 years down the line. And also it, it brings up this idea that like literary fiction is exclusive from genre. Yes. When in fact it is only just everything is part of those things. Because, for instance, okay, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley. Gothic, one of, horror. Gothic, it's, it's in the gothic genre, isn't it? But it's also a literature. Classic. Literature. Same with Lord of the Rings, fantasy. Same with Emma, romance. Exactly. All of these things are literature, but only because it's been decided that they are. Yeah. And so this kind of goes on to our, our, our idea. Oh around so around like book, book shaming. shaming. I'm sick es- of it. Especially within like students and young people where we're yep. like, we've got so long ahead of our lives, I need to get to the classics now. I feel like that and is I've, a common mindset. I've had quite a lot of people where, because I quite like to ask people what their favourite book is, just because I think it's kind of interesting. It's more interesting than being like, what do you study? Yeah. Um, And quite a lot because people know that I study literature. They want to they give me an answer that... I'll be happy with. Yeah. And so I remember some someone going, uh, someone did say, oh, my favourite is um, Tess of the D'Urbervilles by um, Thomas Hardy. Oh. And I said, oh, really? And she said, no, I just thought you'd think that was better than, than like, I don't remember what it was, but say like Twilight. Yeah. And I was like, no, dude, just tell me what you actually like. Because I'm not about this book shaming. No, I'm not about this book shaming no more. <laughs> <laughs> No more, okay. <laughs> no more. Like, I'm sick of people having to lie about the books they're mm-hmm. reading. I'm sick of people having to even just completely exclude certain genres that they actually enjoy. I have gotten to the point where I was in high school and I was hiding the books that I was reading. And yeah. I wouldn't read them in public. Like, I was, re- I read the entire City of Bones, all of them. Like, it was like about 700 books. I read all of them. And I hid that. But it was it was the flip side for me. Yeah. In, in high school, I used to read like things like the Luminaries, <laughs> and I would hide that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I- why are you reading adult books? Yeah. And now I do the opposite. If I'm reading like some sort of genre book, I'm like, I can't show anybody that I'm reading this. I don't this. want anyone to know no that I know. like joy. Yeah. I, no one can know that I'm actually enjoying this book. Yeah. You know. Well, that's like how I've been reading a Harry Potter fan fiction on my phone. <laughs> I'm a thousand pages in. <laughs> it's really good. Is it nearly finished? I've got 300 more pages. It's just um, I'm worried about Sirius and Remus, and I, I think there's some trouble a-brewing. Oh, oh, no. And I can't really take it right now, so I've left it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a long story, too. But yep. <laughs> I want to I break down some... Yep. So, okay. Yeah. So, you, POV. Mm-hmm. Pov twink fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's some of your best work. (laughs) POV, you are in high school. You're reading Hunger Games, Twilight, Mm -hmm. Cherub. Mm -hmm. Is it City of Bones? City of Bones. City of Bones. Like those sorts of those sorts of books that just you know what I'm going to say they turn the party. Yeah, they are brilliant reads. So easy to read. So gripping. Nothing better than a book like that that you literally want to inhale through your you know mouth. You were like exactly. Thank you. And there's this there's this weird idea that when you reach a certain age, you have to cross over. It's like you're actually no longer allowed Mm -hmm. to read those sorts of fun books that you used to read anymore. You can only read deep important books that change your life and they make you sad. So sad. I miss YA books. I feel like I actually don't. I need to get back into it. Although, I need to get, but I don't yeah. even know what YA books are coming out right now. Like I honestly don't even know. 
I got into the high fantasy for a while there, but it has recently just turned into fairy porn. Um, right. Which yep. has its place, okay? Yeah. Um, hub. <laughs> well, two porn differently. Jokes <laughs> um, fairy porn is written by women. Brilliant. So Love that's that. a little bit better. That is better. Um, so, but other than that, I don't know. That's the last why I've read. I, I would really like to get back in. So true. Um, <laughs> but I think that YA objectively is so fun to read. I think yep. it's, there's this Bo Burnham vine that I've seen floating around TikTok again, which is Classic. where he's by a piano. We love Bo Burnham, by the way. He's 6'5". Just, just remember that. Just, just, <laughs> just the, your daily reminder. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham is 6'5". Six six um, um, okay. Anyway, so he's at a piano and he goes, is there anything as good as pussy? And he goes, yes, a really good book. <laughs> Fucking same. And I feel he's like right. that about... Um, YA. Yeah. There's nothing better than yeah. a great YA book. Seriously. And I, I know no ad- other book. I know real adults. Real adults. So we're not real adults. We're fake adults. <laughs> um, like our, our, both of our family friend, Fee. If you're listening, Fee, I love you so much. Anyway. I would die if Fee was listening to I us. Would I would literally. I would have us, made Fee. my life. Or Rich. Hi, Rich. Love you. Hi, anyway. <laughs> For the rest of this episode, like, we're just going to say hi to people we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my point is, though, Fee exclusively reads YA books. She That's all she reads now. She's a, she's a surgeon. She's a mother. She's in the world doing a thing, and she reads YA. She loves it. Bomb.com. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. The other genre I wanted to talk about is what I probably... It's probably mean of me to... to Label objective it. trash. Objective trash. I, that I, you know, and also people know what books you're talking about when you say objective trash. And like, I read a lot of them. And like, if I'm in a reading slump, okay, I'm not gonna get out Anna Burns Milkman, okay? Well, ooh, why would you get out <laughs> Anna Burns Milkman anyway? But um, I'm gonna get out something easy. I'm gonna get out yeah. something with a with an enemies to lovers, you know, or like a um like a best friends to lovers. Normally a romance. I like a romance. <laughs> <laughs> Something that is easy to read, but I quick I w- paced, plot focused, yep. get through, you know. I read this book that was you need. independently published. There was a lot of typos. Um Sick. and it was about um the girl next door and how they would sneak into each other's houses and, and go on fun dates and stuff. And and then, actually, her mother had killed her father or something. I don't know. but And I don't really remember it. I don't even remember what the name was. And it was Objective Trash. Um, but it got me back into reading. Yeah. You know, at a certain point where I'd had, like, three months of not reading at all. And you know? everyone needs books like those. And, you know, there's all sorts of different genre books mm-hmm. that, honestly, I need to explore more i feel mm. like i haven't really dipped my full toe yeah me neither. into these sorts of genre. we're talking romance fantasy science fiction horror can you think yeah. of any other genres oh crime crime scottish crime tartan noir scottish crime, if you will. tartan noir tartan scottish crime noir the house down boots <laughs> yes god <laughs> <laughs> so true but there's so many different genres are- oh scandy crime so oh, scan oh what <laughs> Scandinavian crime. But bottom line is there are a shit ton of genres mm-hmm. out there and don't be ashamed of what genres you like. Yeah. To be honest, this little discussion has inspired me to go out and expand my reading horizons. Yeah, girl. Find new types of books that I want to listen. Wait, what? Read. Yeah. I get, and listen you to it. listen. We I love listen. audiobooks. We said that we in the last li- mini episode. So true. Yeah. I can listen to it. I can read it. I can vibe it out. You can 
consume it through osmosis. Via osmosis, exactly. I can Cost just like, I can con- just con- concentration <laughs> gradient, and it'll just. Ooh, it's so nice. Exactly. Um, our final thoughts, I think, are uh, fuck capitalism. Exactly. Also, but, but fuck that's the patriarchy. Our final, that's always our yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, it is. So true. Um, and that... The important thing is that you're reading it all. Yeah, exactly. The important thing is that you're enjoying it. Yeah. it's uh, Reading is a hobby, and it should be something that you enjoy to do, not something that you go, oh, I've got to read another 30 pages of, of War and Peace or something. Yeah. Actually, my mum's read War and Peace. She said it was really good. I've actually had... Great I've heard really good things about I'm it. I'm never going to read it, Me though. Me neither. Absolutely I might listen to never. the audio book. I'm not going to do that either. Okay, fair enough. Um, but no, the key is, it's actually kind of, it's not about what you're reading, it's that you're reading it all. Exactly. Especially if you're like our age, 21, and you're, and you're either finishing a degree or starting to be a yo pro or whatever. It's not about what you're reading. It really doesn't matter. Um, Just, it's not required. Okay. If you will. Well, reading is required. Reading is required. But the books that you're reading isn't required to be certain books. We have such a confusing name. God, we should what have a good we, slogan. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been reading required. It's Why? gross, though. The, the readings require... Anyway. It's about mindfulness and enjoyment, <laughs> so please just have a good time. Exactly. So I think that probably wraps up this mini episode, bonus mm-hmm. episode, small episode, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, once again... Thank you to University Bookshop. Yeah, we love you. And we always get our books from you. We surely do. And you can find them at www.unibooks.co.nz or at... 360 Great King Street. And to our listeners, we love you. Head over to at Required Reading on Instagram if you want to follow us on there. Yeah, do it. Bye. Amy makes cool art. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Bye. the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.